Hey, happy Friday, everybody. Rob Port here on 970 WDAY AM and 93.1 FM. Happy Friday to you, Nolan. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well, pretty well. Kind of a somber you, day out here in Fargo, though, so it's yeah, a little, it's tough, but yeah, Friday, it though. It is. It's, uh, you know, it's nice to be Friday, and it's it's tough when you got negative news like that out there. I mean, it's just so, uh, it's heart-wrenching. I yeah. mean, I don't know, I, I, I don't Rarely am I at a loss for words, but that one, it, it's just, it's unimaginable for her, her family, uh, her friends. It, it's just, you know, I, I, I don't have a lot to add at it that, that, that other people probably haven't already said more, more eloquently than I could. So. Yeah, no, neither, neither can I. I don't really have the words to come up with, to be honest with you. So I don't, yeah. I don't know what to say. Yeah. Uh, it is the weekend, though. Uh, you got big plans for the weekend? Um, No, I'll be here some of the time, and then, uh, yeah, that's about it. Trying to trying to maybe get a few more days of summer, hopefully. But you know, I like uh, yeah. There's not many of those left, but uh, I, I I don't mind that. I like the fall in North Dakota. It's one of the reasons I like I like living up here. I think we just have a wonderful fall usually. Uh, and then also, I don't know. I think the winter months make us appreciate the summer. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think people I think people who live in San Diego just don't get it. Yeah, no, they come up here and it's like a alternate universe when it snows. I mean, yeah. think about when it snows in the south, like how rare that is and how much people freak out when it snows and well, well, everything or shuts down like it may yeah. as well be a hurricane exactly right? i mean it's just horrible speaking of, we'll get into the hurricane thing here in a moment. <laughs> um you know i like going to movies a lot um on the on the weekends i i just i don't know what it is i i still like going I, all the entertainment options we have at home now with streaming and on demand and all that stuff i i just to me there's still something about going to the theater that that i enjoy I it's just a fun like time the experience i think it's a fun there. time yeah it's expensive though yeah I mean, that's the problem you know, especially, you know, you got a family like mine, you know, by the time you're getting three, four people going in, tickets, buy a couple snacks, you know, it's pretty easy to get to a hundred bucks. Yeah, pretty absolutely. Um, so you know what I did? I, I don't Have you heard about this thing, moviepass.com? Moviepass? No, I haven't. Okay. So uh, it, it's, it's almost hard to believe, and I'm not, I'm not like doing an advertisement here for it, but I, I'm just, I signed up for it and I'm, I'm still just sitting here like, like waiting for there to be a catch. Right. Like I'm, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop because it took me. I thought about it for two weeks before I even signed up. But yeah. they announced the service has been around for a few years now, but they just had a had a shake up. The company got sold. The new CEO is a guy who came over from Netflix and they're kind of they, they kind of brought the Netflix pricing model to theaters, which is to say that that you pay moviepass.com a flat fee, nine nine ninety nine a month, ten bucks a month, basically. And you get to go to movies, all the movies you want to see. But you just go, you just go right in. Yeah, well, one a day, one one a day. Oh my goodness! So yeah, and you get like a, and I don't have mine yet because I I just signed up for it this week. I finally broke down. I said, well, this this is too good a deal to pass up. It's uh, yeah, you you get like a you get like something like a debit card, and you go to the theater, you check in on your app, and then you just go buy the ticket with your debit card, and you go in. Wow. So does that count for? Like if you're bringing your family, or is it just one per it's person? It's just well, it's, it's one per person. Oh, okay, so yeah, you can't get like a family. Yeah, so basically, it gets you one one movie admission per day for nine nine bucks a month. Hey, I wouldn't complain about that. That's but even if sweet. you go, even if you go to two movies a month, yeah, you, you I mean, save it pays some money. Off. Right, 
Even after as long as you take it easy at the snack bar. Yeah, exactly. Uh, You know. Well, sometimes uh, I have I have trouble doing that. I mean, they they tantalize me with that buttered popcorn, all that stuff. I'm a big fat fatty. I know all about it. So, but let's. I, I I don't know. I'm just. I, I don't know. I mean, sometimes something like that comes along, and it's just like this can't. There's 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 got to be something else. There's right? no way that this is this it's cheap like for this. There's no. They're way. also they're also signing me up for like a long distance plan or something along the long a long distance. Yeah. Plan. Boy, that dates me. Is that even a thing anymore? Uh, long distance people still. No, I don't. I don't know. I not. I don't think so. Not as I, much as but, it used but to yeah. Be. I mean, I mean, you think like like I'm I'm reading as I'm checking out. Like I'm reading the fine print. Like they're signing me up for like magazine subscriptions. Or <laughs> And no, I mean, it's just, it's just, that's what it is. I'm looking forward to using it. I'm looking forward to going to some movies and uh, trying this out. I mean, for 10 bucks a month, you can't go wrong. Can't and there's no like, there's no like, you know, you don't have to like make a year long commitment or anything like that. So, I mean, if it's, if it doesn't work as advertised, then I guess I'm out 10 bucks, but otherwise, geez. Yeah. So what so movie excited. are you going to see then? So what movie are you well, going to see this weekend then? Well, see, I don't have it yet. But I am uh, thinking about going to a movie this weekend. I want to see that Birth of the Dragon, the the Bruce Lee movie. Ah, uh, is that a is that a redux of a? Of no, a Bruce well, Lee it's movie? it's it's actually about Bruce Lee's. Um, and, and I I don't know much. I I know just a little bit about it because I just from what I've gathered from the biography of Bruce Lee over the years. What I understand is that there was sort of a showdown. There was like a a martial arts master from. I want to say China, maybe uh, that could be wrong, but there was some some big muckety muck in the martial arts world who was upset that Bruce Lee was teaching the martial arts to to basically to, to, to white people. Oh, okay. Or, or or teaching it in America, like he was upset, and and so and there was some big and and Bruce Lee like like was a proponent of like some new school of martial arts or something, and so they they ended up like having a fight, like having a real match and so it's it's sort of a it's sort of more of a biographical piece about bruce lee the martial arts expert and and this moment in his life and it looks really really good when uh my daughter and i went to the dark tower movie the preview was on for this and i saw it and i was like whoa i i gotta go see yeah yeah so it's like a dramatization of the the situation that went on between bruce lee and this yeah and and more biographical more biographical but I, i don't know i'm looking forward to seeing that so that's my big plan for the weekend. Uh, here, here's a question for callers, though, because this MoviePass.com thing, which, by the way, check it out. I'm, I'm not, they're not advertising. I'm not getting paid or anything. I just, I found it and it was like, wow. Um, have you ever had a deal that you just thought was too good to be true and it turned out it was true? Love to hear what you think. 701-293-9000, Email talk at WDAY.com. We'll be back right after this. Don't go away. Welcome back, Rob Report. We're uh, well, we're not talking about anything too serious on uh, on this Friday, and there's a lot of somber news in the headlines. So, you know, I, I'm just trying to, I, I I don't know. It's it's tough, but have have you ever had a, a deal that you just came across something and and it was just a tremendous deal? You thought it might be too good to be true, and it, it turned out it was just exactly what it appeared to be—a really really good deal. Because so often. Nolan, we get tricked, don't we? Oh, yeah. We get suckered in 
to buying something and then you're subscribed to something else. I, remember, I bought flowers for my mom one flowers one uh, mother flowers day Mother's Day, and um, I ended up getting like subscribed to like some wacky service that was going to tell me like when prices came down on products I liked or something, and I was supposed to install like a toolbar on my browser. And it was because I didn't, when I was going through the checkout for the flowers, I didn't, like, uncheck this box. So they just opted me into it. Yeah, like the email deals or whatever that every yeah. every place has. Like, check yeah. this to get updates. I'm going to pay them whatever. to email me spam. That right. was, like, the deal, right? Yeah. Like, that's fantastic. Um, so I don't know. And stuff like that, it's, it's just, I, I remember when I was in high school, a buddy of mine, um, Arby's was opening up in Minot. We had a we we were getting a new Arby's restaurant, and everybody in town was super excited about it because <laughs> why not? I guess it's Arby's. Uh, why not? I, I I like living in the sort of community where you can still get excited about that, <laughs> like right? Like I know I, I I know I know a lot of people like the bright lights of the big city and and all the rips and glamour and all that stuff. And um, I I I, I don't know. I, I like living in a community where trivial things still like make big buzz in the community, right? I I just. I think that's better than having ugly things in the headlines all the time, right? Yeah. So anyway, we were uh, we, we knew Arby's was supposed to be open, but my buddy and I were driving around, and we saw, like, cars in the drive-thru. And we didn't think the grand opening was, like, till next week. We pulled in, and they were doing a soft opening, and they were giving away food for free. Oh. And we abused this. But there's a terribly. catch. There has to be a catch. There was no catch. Oh. The, the only catch was, is our like, I think our fourth time through the drive-thru, the manager finally came and said, <laughs> we can't give you any more beef and cheddars. We just we yeah, can't do it. Yeah. You've had enough curly fries. Like, you know, we're, we're in here practicing <laughs> and, and, and getting ready. And, and you know, because, I mean, that's that's really what they were doing is, is everybody was, they were practicing their cooks and, and everything and, and making sure all the equipment was working right. And they were just giving the food away for free. Yeah. And um, it was fantastic, but yeah, after the the fourth trip through, we got in trouble. I know that. Uh, gosh, must have been my. It was my dad or my uncle. I can't remember. They subscribe. They used to subscri- subscribe to these like CD deals, where you oh, yeah. you, you had to make I the subscription, uh, and then you had to pay like a B- BMG yeah, or Columbia like House. Yeah, yes. Columbia House. That's what it was. And you yeah. got like whatever it was, the original really nice deal of ten CDs for whatever. But and then it kept they going jacked up, too, up the price. Over time. Yeah. yeah. Over they time, jacked they up kept the price over time. Yeah. And well, the thing is, is the, the way they got you, because I, I remember that. Like, they would put that in, um, they would always have the ad in, like, a magazine. And you'd be flipping through, and then you'd have, they'd have, like, like this this giant, like, grid of all these really popular albums that, that had come out recently. And they were, like, you know, 10 CDs for a penny or 15 or 20. Like, I remember seeing one that was, like, for 20, I think. Uh, and I, the group I went through, I went, it was BMG. And, and the thing is, is like you, there was like a little postcard you ripped out, right? Because this was, yep. this was the nineties. Had to so mail sure as hell we're, we're going <laughs> online, <laughs> you know, so you had a little postcard that you ripped out and you, you sent it in. Uh, but the thing is, is you were committed, you were committing yourself to buying X number of additional albums at full price. Yep. Right. So you got the 10 free albums, but then you got, you had to buy a whole bunch more albums at full price and that's where they got you. Yeah. I, I remember doing that. My I, I talked my mom into sending the check in for me. <laughs> and then and then we got in trouble because we never paid for any additional albums. And I'm they, sure I mean I'm sure you weren't got, the only one on the collections list at BMG. They I'm got sure they tough. A, a high collections list out there. I would like to know how that model worked out for them. Like did they really make money on that? I have no idea. I don't know. I wonder what their profit would be on that. 
because they're yeah. selling them for so cheap. But then you're are you are they getting it back? Well, I, I always wondered that because because you could only select from certain albums that were there. Yeah. So I always thought that these these have to be like left like these are like where they printed too many albums. Although they were popular albums, I mean it wasn't like they were like cheesy albums i mean so they were good albums i remember like i i think i think i got my first nirvana cd that way yeah um but i mean so they were good albums it was just i i, I always thought well this must be the ones that they must have like an excess or something so these are the ones they can give away <laughs> that's the right? it's it's all we have too many of the so we, we too can many afford, nirvana albums right like like the like the sales for this nirvana album have cratered so now we can give it away like this is this is like bargain bin cd now because it's been out for a while but we could get you a commitment to buy some additional albums at full price. And I, I don't know. I, I wonder what the profit margin is on that. I mean, it's got to be – the burn rate's got to be pretty high because there's got to be a lot of resentment. Like, once you've signed me up, now I'm stuck. Yeah. Right? The same thing goes for magazine subscriptions. I remember subscribing to a – God, I can't remember the magazine now. But if you subscribed for 12 months, you got yeah. half off what the – original price would be for 12 months or whatever well you know i i had i had a deal like that i actually talked about it on the radio i had a playboy magazine subscription show up randomly at my house right playboy just at random just randomly <laughs> i didn't sign up for it did it have your name on it i had my name on it what my wife found it and she like my wife checked the mail she's like what is this and I'm like, I don't know. That's you not know? mine. And, 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 and the thing is, is at that point, nobody believes that denial. Well, yeah. Right? Like, that's not mine. First denial? No way. <laughs> well, it's got your name on it. So I actually had to go, like, I was able to, like, take the customer number and log in. And sure enough, it was like a promotional thing where they just send you four months. And then at the end of four months, they send you, like, would you like to continue? They send you a solicitation. Would you like to, you know, continue the subscription? Um. And, and listen, I'm an adult. I'm, a, I'm an adult. If I want Playboy, I'll just subscribe to Playboy. And I'll just, I, you know, I have a Playboy subscription. Like, I'll do that. Like, that doesn't really, I'm a libertarian guy. It doesn't bother me. I just didn't really subscribe to Playboy. Like, that's the only thing that bothered me. That is yeah, actually not mine. It is yeah. actually not mine. That's got a, that's a really aggressive move with Playboy. Like, it's one thing to do that with, like, popular science or like GQ or something, but Playboy? They're really, I think, I'm sure a lot of husbands got in a lot of trouble, probably more so than you did when, yeah. when the, the random Playboy subscription showed up on the, on the doorstep. That's an aggressive move. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you the other deal that didn't work out is that whole, like, you get some free show tickets if you listen to the timeshare pitch. Oh, god! Don't ever do that. Classic. Oh, my gosh. Classic so my, move. My, my wife and I were on a road trip. We had to go down to Arkansas, and we were coming back, and we, we ended up driving near Branson. Yep. Not a place we'd probably visit on our own. So we, we, we swung through Branson, and they were like, oh, Cirque du Soleil tickets. If you go out and do this, it was five hours of our lives. Never, ever get back. <laughs> hey, Jason Bohr from the Lignite Energy Council is going to be on. There was a big report out from the Department of Energy about coal and our energy mix. It's interesting info. Stay tuned for that. This is the Rob Report on 970 WDAY AM and 93.1 FM. Don't go away. Welcome back, Rob Report on 970 AM and 93.1 FM. You know, coal is an important part of North Dakota's economy uh, in multiple ways, not just in the fact that the process of mining coal employs a lot of people and the process of turning that coal into cheap, reliable electricity employs a lot of people. 
uh, and those people and their economic activity in turn generate, you know, contributes to employing a lot of other people, but also all that cheap energy makes it North Dakota, or is part at least, of why North Dakota is a pretty good place to do business. The But a lot of people think we shouldn't mine coal anymore and that we shouldn't use coal for electricity anymore and that we should move on to other sources of energy. Well, there was just a report out from the Department of Energy, and it was a big deal, this report. Uh, and it's it's talking about the reliability of our electrical grid, and it had some interesting conclusions. Among them, according to Jason Bohr, who is the president of the North Dakota Lignite Energy Council, uh, the study confirms that coal remains a critical energy source for consumers and businesses across the Midwest and throughout the United States. Uh, and it also, according to Jason's statement, uh, reaffirms that baseload generation resources are critical to meeting our nation's energy demand today and in the future. Jason, welcome to the program. Thanks for your time today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Give us, I mean, what I'm hearing about this report is it's being is it's being sort of um, in the headlines, I guess, across the nation is a lot of people saying that, you know, the reason why coal has been declining in the United States is is basically just market forces, just that it's it, you're, we're, coal is competing with natural gas and and other energy sources. And it's not overregulation, which is which is sort of a, a message that we've heard from the coal industry and from you know, politicians here in our state and, and also, you know, President Trump nationally. Uh, you know, I, I think a lot of people saying that this report says coal's decline is because of market forces, not overregulation. What say you? I think that that only answers part of the question. I think the critical piece of that study reinforces what we've started to articulate, which is electricity is priced incorrectly. It You tell me what you value and then let build a price structure that incorporates that. In the past, we valued cheap electricity, um, and then we started valuing electricity from renewable sources. And lost in that equation was we didn't properly value reliability or, more correctly, as the report puts it, resiliency. And so what, what I would say to that is market forces have played a part in the decline of coal, but those market forces were shaped by incorrect presumptions about what we need as a nation out of our electricity grid. I, I think that's something you're right, because I'm, I'm looking at and, and this is sort of the uh, the summary, the key findings page from the DOE report. And one of the things that they're saying is that a combination of market and policy forces have accelerated the closure of a significant number of traditional baseload power plants that may potentially harm grid reliability and resilience. Now, that's the point you're making is if we keep pushing ourselves onto wind, if we keep pushing ourselves onto solar, well, sometimes the wind doesn't blow. Sometimes the sun doesn't shine. And those may be times when Americans still want to be able to flip the switch and their air conditioner comes on or their lights come on or the heat comes on, right? I mean, that's still pretty important. That's the expectation Americans have is that we always have that energy available to us whenever we want it. This report confirms if we keep going on the path we're going, we may put that reliability at risk. Is that right? It is. And it's not necessarily about saying we shouldn't use wind or we shouldn't use solar. It's about saying if we're going to have policies that give those um, sources of energy an advantage in the marketplace simply due to how they're generated, then let's accurately paint a picture of what that does to other things that we value, such as resiliency. And I don't 
I don't have a problem if wind can compete in the marketplace. And if we look down the road five years from now and say, man, wind is so cheap, um, it's kicking our butt. Sure. But we need to have an accurate representation of what people want out of their grid, and they need to pass that on to their policymakers. And my, I believe that people want resiliency and reliability as much as they want a diverse supply of sources. So one one interesting thing I saw, this was actually tweeted out by Tony Clark, who used to be a public service commissioner here in North Dakota, uh, went on to uh, work for, was appointed to the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, FERC. Uh, and he actually made a point recently in a white paper. He said, I quote, the current markets are still pro- pro- procuring affordable power, but many state public policymakers no longer see that as the only goal. It is little wonder we hear some decry that the markets are not delivering what people want. It is because they were never designed for job creation or tax preservation or politically popular generation or anything other than reliable, affordable electricity. I, I think the point he's trying to make there is – we have created a lot of other priorities because I, I think in some ways that, that, that are maybe political, right? I, I, th- I think maybe if we look for the, the case for wind and solar, that's become a very political question in a lot of ways. And, and we've sort of prioritized those questions over reliability and in some ways taking the reliability of the grid for granted, which is maybe an easy thing to do in America where we're all just, again, very used to hitting the switch and the lights come on. Yeah, and I, I first of all, anything Tony Clark says is probably the smartest comment on that subject. I mean, he yeah. understands this as good as anybody in the country, and he's absolutely spot on, which is um, the markets that we've created don't line up with the priorities that most people actually have. And, you know, the baseload sources, whether it be coal or nuclear, um, across the country have choices to make on how we present this new paradigm to our policymakers. And there's been instances in other states where the nuclear industry has gone to their state policymakers and said, hey, give us a, give us a monetary subsidy to run. Well, I, even, you know, that's even going back a, contrary to what Tony Clark says, which is, are we running these markets just to maintain jobs? Um, that's not the right answer. The right answer is, is that necessary to maintain the reliability and stability and resiliency of the grid? And if those dots all connect, then you make that policy happen. Well, I, I could tell you that we're going to lose a lot more. If, if our grid becomes unreliable, we're going to lose a lot more jobs and do a lot more economic harm than we're going to benefit from maybe some of the other ways we're doing things. So so going forward, I, I, as a conservative, I, I don't really like the idea. I, I'm, I'm a big believer in the marketplace, right? And, and I am 100%. If, if wind and solar figure it out, uh, and, and, you know, I, I don't know, they figure out like a way to store excess energy so that we have, you know, they can provide energy when the wind's not blowing or the sun's not shining. I mean, if, if those technologies advance and they get to a point where they can provide baseload power and maybe we don't need coal anymore, then I'm not going to cry a lot of tears over coal any more than I would have cried tears over, uh, you know, horse and buggies because we invented the automobile, right? Times move on. And I'm not saying that I'm not being dismissive of coal. I'm just saying. I don't think anybody's a fear of, of progress, right? I, I think the thing, I think the argument everybody's trying to make is that coal is still very relevant. Coal still matters. Nuclear still matters. These other base load power still matters. But it, it, it seems like in the debates we have, we're putting them in the back seat. But, but what I'm hearing you say is, well, because we're giving these other sources of energy, uh, all these subsidies and all these, these other advantages, we should give the same thing to coal and nuclear. 
couldn't we go the other way and just maybe stop giving these other forms of energy these advantages? Why, why not go that direction? Well, you can you you you, you point or you point out a critical um, difference in the way electricity markets work, and you are a big free market guy. But what I would caution you is electricity markets are not free markets. They are managed markets, and they're managed by policymakers who put their thumb on the scale for goals that are articulated either at the state or federal level. So it's not like you're buying an iPhone versus an Android, and you as an individual um, can express your preferences in yeah. any number of ways through the free market. I can't go to my thermostat and say, hey, I want to I use coal and not gas, right? <laughs> right. So the, the, the market works, um, but it's a managed market, and it's managed by yeah. policymakers. So it, it, it only measures the inputs that are put into it, and the, the inputs that are put into it right now don't include reliability. And so, well, yes, you can, you can measure that as a plus or a minus, but it's not allowed to be computed into the markets right now. And that's, you know, how you manage that market, that's a question for policymakers. What this grid study proves is that that market is devoid of the resilience question. Right. I, I, I agree with that. We need coal, we need nuclear, and we need resiliency to be a priority here maybe over some of the other political uh, priorities we've put in place. Jason, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Lignite.org for more information about what the Lignite Energy Council does and more information about this Department of Energy report. I'm Rob Port. We'll be back to wrap the show up right after this. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. You're listening to The Rob Report on 970 WDAY AM and 93.1 FM. Don't go away. Welcome back, Rob Report, 970 WDAY AM, 93.1 FM. A few minutes left, 701-293-9000. You join the program, 888-970-9329. John, via Twitter, uh, sends in a message. Rob, I've uh, I've used MoviePass for about a year. Great service. So there's an endorsement. Uh, and they're even better. I mean, they, they just dropped the price down to 10 bucks a month. You can go to one movie a day. And I swear to God, this, isn't, this wasn't... This wasn't intended to be a, a, a commercial for MoviePass. I just, I couldn't believe the deal. And I'm, I am excited to go to mo- more movies in the theater because that's, that's an experience I really enjoy. Uh, it's just the price holds me back a lot because it's expensive. And all of us have to live on budgets. Unless you're like Mark Zuckerberg, then I guess you could just buy a movie theater and go whenever you want. Uh, Mark emails, uh, Rob, with the current case in Fargo with a missing woman, do you think it might be time for our state to revisit the death penalty? Um well, first of all, I, I, I am deeply uncomfortable make, you know, commenting. There's still a lot we don't know about that story. Um, and I'm, I'm uncomfortable talking about anything specific in terms of punishment for, you know, people who may or may not ha- have committed the crime. I, I know there's two people in custody, but there are still a lot of unanswered questions. So I'm, I am, I am loath to make any specific comments regarding that case specifically as for the death penalty in general um i know i'm against it I, I don't think north dakota should ever have the death penalty i don't like the death penalty um i don't think it serves the, the whole point of having the death penalty right the the justification the impetus for the death penalty is the idea that it deters crime and the thing is that it doesn't 
right? I, I think it's I, I think policies like the death penalty uh I think are more about retribution maybe for the public at large, right? To to make us feel like we're getting tough on people who commit heinous crimes. I, I think it's just about make it's 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 literally feel good policy. Right. I, I, I think some people it's just well, somebody commits a particularly heinous crime, so then we, we kill them, and, and that makes us feel good because that's that's pro- obviously the, the highest pro- price that you could ask an individual to pay for their crime is, is to give their, their, their literal life. So, um, But if, if, it, if it doesn't deter other crimes and, and all it's doing is making us feel good because we're feeling people, uh, killing people, I don't, I don't know. It, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And, and, you know, the, the process to make sure that, you know, the, the appeals process before the death penalty, it's long, it's arduous. It should be to protect the rights of the people involved because, you know what, sometimes we do put innocent people in jail and it would be a travesty if we, if we killed one. And we have killed innocent people in the past. So, no, I am not a proponent of the death penalty ever for any case. I don't think North Dakota should adopt it. I think the states that have the death penalty should get rid of it. Uh, and, and, by the way, I, I feel like hate crime legislation, right, that's been another hot topic in North Dakota and, and across the nation in, in recent recent weeks, recent months, uh, I, I think is also much like the death penalty is a waste of time. I think it's feel-good legislation. I don't think it results in the sort of outcomes people think it does. Again, the idea is we're going to put in place stiffer penalties for crimes that are motivated by, say, race or gender or sexual orientation or, or things like that. And I agree those sort of motivations are indeed heinous. They're disgusting, but I think we run into problems in the legal community when we start treating the same crime differently based on the skin color of the perpetrator and or the victim uh, or sexual orientation or gender or religion or what have you. Uh, And also it doesn't deter crime. Much like the death penalty, many, many states have this policy in place. Many of them have had it in place for years and years. And there's no evidence at all that they deter crime. And if you're not deterring crime with this policy, then what are you accomplishing? We're just making ourselves feel good. We're just checking off some box. We're just virtue signaling at that point, whether it's the death penalty or, the, or, or hate crime legislation or whatever. It's just virtue signaling. And that's, that's great for politicians, right, who can hold press conferences and stand, you know, pound the podium and talk about all the tough things they're doing to get at people who are committing heinous crimes but as, as, in terms of practical policy outcomes, which should always be our measure of public policy, it accomplishes very little. Jay Thomas Show coming up next. Stay tuned for that. You can always catch me here 1 to 2 p.m. Monday through Friday or 24 hours a day, seven days a week at sayanythingblog.com, North Dakota's most popular political blog. That's it for me. Have a great weekend. We'll talk again Monday.